Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. Okay, well, we're out of Mark. So today's sermon text is from John 18, 33 through 38. The passage will be on the screen for you, or if you like, please turn to John in your Bible. Then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth to the truth, listens to my voice. Pilate asked him, what is truth? Thank you, Sam. That is the word of the Lord for us today. As Sam already said, that we're, we're done with the Gospel of Mark. Uh, we've been in the Gospel of Mark a whole lot this year. And we've said over and over again uh, that Jesus and his disciples, especially in this last little bit that we've looked at, have been on a, a road, the road to Jerusalem, uh, where 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 this scene actually happens, right? The, the end of Jesus' ministry, his uh, arrest and betrayal and arrest and trial and death and resurrection. Um, and, and along this road, we've said that it's a, a metaphor, not just for you know, a road to some place, but that it's a journey of discipleship. It's a journey of, of learning about who Jesus is and the kind of kingdom that Jesus is bringing and uh, trying to get ourselves in line with what, well, with what Jesus is doing in our world. And we've seen over and over again as we've, we've followed this path that the disciples are really, really slow to pick up on what Jesus is doing. Uh, more often than not, even though he gives them really explicit things like, hey, yo, I'm going to suffer and die, and Peter's like, no, forbid it, then we won't let it happen, and he's like, get behind me, Satan, uh, all those kinds of things, and, and they're asking about becoming the, the right and left-hand people of power in Jesus' kingdom, and uh, they just fail to understand uh, they fail to understand who Jesus is as king, king, and who Jesus is as, as Messiah. Uh, but it's not just the disciples who end up not understanding who Jesus is. Uh, we've seen over uh, the scribes and the Pharisees, the religious leaders uh, in Jerusalem at the day and in the whole country, they, they are trying out to get him because they, they just, well, they don't like him and they don't think that God could work in the way that Jesus was uh, and is working. And so the, the religiously churchy people are out to get Jesus, uh, and they under, misunderstand just as much, if not more, than Jesus' disciples do. Well, we've hopped to, to John's gospel because, well, there's this really interesting exchange that happens right here. Um, uh, but this, this exchange isn't necessarily recorded in Mark, so uh, it's, it's good to get, uh, get the whole picture. And, and being Christ the King Sunday, I guess it's appropriate to ask ourselves, what does it mean for Christ to be king? What does it mean for Jesus to be uh, Lord of everything, creator of everything, uh, the one who uh, was and is and is to come, who will reign, 
uh, for eternity and become um, king of all one day. Well, um, they've, the disciples and them have, have uh, made their way to Jerusalem and they've gone through the Passover and all that kind of stuff and Jesus has been betrayed by, by Judas and now uh, he's kind of on the circuit of a little bit of a trial. He goes to two, two of the high priests and uh, the Jews are really, really wanting to, to get rid of him but they, they don't think that they can. Well, they, they don't want to necessarily. Uh, there's some debate about whether the Jews could actually put people to death officially or not because the Romans are in charge. You've got to remember that. Uh, so they, they, they do the whole religious thing, and, and they accuse Jesus of being, uh, well, they accuse him of being a subversive, uh, of being a political, uh, a political revolutionary, if you will. And so they bring him to Pilate, uh, who's in charge at the time, and they say, well, hey, look, this guy is a threat not only to Israel, to our faith, but he's a threat to Rome as well. Uh, and so this is right before the Passover, and, and uh, they've kind of done this all in the cover of darkness, but the morning is, is, is about to, to come upon the land, and uh, the Jews bring him to Pilate's house, and except they don't want to go into Pilate's house because if they do, well, they become unclean and they can't, take, uh, they can't participate in the Passover. And so Pilate, uh, being generous and kind that he is, uh, lets them stay outside while he brings Jesus into his house, and and begins to question him. He wants to know, he wants to know just why it is that the Jews want him dead. So we pick up the story in verse 33. Uh, then Pilate entered his headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this of your own or did others tell you about me? Uh, so he's, he's wanting to know, right? I mean, like if you claim to be a king and there's already a king, that's a problem, right? Uh, generally, if you're a king, you, you don't want someone else to, to claim your throne because that means, well, usually those things don't happen peacefully, right? Uh, for, for the king who's already on the throne, a lot of times that means they end up, uh, they end up dead. And so Pilate is asking this, this, question, this question really you know, legitimately. Like, are you, are you really? Like, is this what you're claiming to be? Is this what you're about? Now, we don't know how much uh, Pilate knew about what was happening uh, in Jerusalem at the time. We don't know how, how much he knew about uh, the Jewish faith or, or whether he understood the implications of, of what Jesus was saying or what the Jews were saying. We just, we just have this conversation recorded. Uh, you can see my notes here. Pardon me. All right, and so, uh, okay, so Jesus says, uh, well, Pilate, Pilate has said, I am not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priest has handed you over to me. What have you done? This is what, this is what Pilate wants to know. Like, if Jesus isn't the king, if he's not, uh, if he's not really, really claiming to be the king that the, that's going to be threatening to him, he wants to know exactly what he's done uh, to, uh, to warrant wanting the Jews have him to, to put him to death. To death. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Uh, like we said, all along the way, the religious leaders and the disciples have misunderstood kind of what God's kingdom is about. Uh, their hopes and dreams are that Jesus are going to come in kind of, and we've said this off and on, um, because he's in the line of David, they think that he's going to come into Jerusalem in the same way that David might have, and, 
enact a revolution and, and uh, kick the Romans out. Now, there's some irony here, right? That the, the Jewish religious leaders are wanting to have Jesus killed for claiming to be, uh, for, him, for, them, for him being, how do I say this? They, for him being what they want him to be. Does that make sense? Like, they, they want Jesus to be a revolutionary, and that's what they're accusing him of, but he's not, uh, when in reality the Jewish religious leaders wanted to see the Romans gone. Anyway, anyway. Ironic to me, anyway. Uh, so, but there's the misunderstanding about what this kingdom is, and so Pilate has this understanding in his own mind about what it means to have a kingdom. Uh, and Jesus ends up kind of turning that on his head. My kingdom is not from this world. My kingdom were from this world. My followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews, but as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Jesus has established over and over again that his kingdom operates on a different set of principles. Uh, in, in a different kind of way, uh, in, in the kind of way that where the, the least and the lowliest are the ones who are important and the ones who are strong and in power, well, they, they matter, but they don't matter quite, quite as much. Uh, Jesus' kingdom, he, he's trying to establish, isn't one that's, well, that's predicated or founded on, on violence. Um, and we only have to look a little bit further into the story to see that Jesus could have prevented all that happened to him. Uh, he, he could have kept from dying, but he chose not to, but he gave himself up for our sake and for the sake of creation. And he says, if my kingdom is different. Uh, if my kingdom were like your kingdom, then my followers would be fighting to get me free. But my kingdom is not like your kingdom. Pilate asked him, so you're a king? Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. Now, it's, it's, uh, it's fun here. Uh, I really wish I could understand, uh, we could hear uh, Pilate's inflection. And I think Sam did a, a good job. Uh, he was like, so you're a king? Like, I don't know if that's how, if that's how uh, Pilate said it. Be like, so uh, I just asked you, you said that you're not, but now you're saying you are. Like, I don't know if he was suspicious or if he was truly, truly trying to get at the truth. Like, so you're a king? Or if he was mocking him, I, we just don't know. Jesus' response is, is really fun, and it's, it's not translated so great in English here. It could be tra- translated uh, either one of these ways, like, uh, you said it, not me, or uh, if you say so, if you say so. Uh, and Jesus, I don't know why he's being so ambivalent about this. Like, he's, he wants to assert maybe his kingdom, uh, to establish his kingdom as, as something that, well, that God is doing in the world. And, and maybe he knows, well, probably he knows, that, that as much as he has this conversation with Pilate, Pilate's so locked into his understanding of what the world is and how it works. Uh, that he exercises his own kingly power, and he understands all that within the context of the Roman Empire. And it's hard for him to imagine anything different it's hard for him to imagine the kingdom that's not necessarily from this world, but that's making its way in even now among the people. Uh, the, the kingdom of God is, is already here, but it's not, not yet here fully. I think that's hard for Pilate to understand, and I think Jesus understood that. He says, you say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to me belongs to the truth, listens to my voice. Here we have Jesus saying just straight out that, like, yes, like, 
This is why I came. I came to establish a kingdom that's different than any kingdom that's been in the world ever, and any kingdom that will be until I, I come back and, and fully establish it. For this I was born. For this I was born. I, I think a lot of times we get tripped up. I think sometimes we make Christianity and Jesus' birth um, all about kind of our own personal salvation, right? What Jesus died on the cross for me. And that's not wrong, but it's so much bigger than that. Uh, Jesus, Jesus died on the Christ, cross right? we, while we were yet sinners. We say that said all the time. Like we were enemies and not friends with God and Jesus dies on the cross because of his faithfulness and his love towards us. And that's great. But here we have Jesus saying, for this I was born. For this I came into the world to testify to the truth. To establish God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. I've been doing a lot of reading and thinking about Genesis 1 and 2. And I just can't seem to get my head out of it. So much so that we're going we're gonna to have some sermons on that next year. It'll be good. Uh, and one of the things that I think I've, I think I've come to believe about Genesis is that, like, that God has created this world to be good and right and to flourish and to grow and to mature into, into this wonderful thing that, well, that loves him back. And of course, I mean, that's not so strange, but sinfulness comes along and, and ruins that. Like the kingdom of God isn't something that Jesus is bringing new, but the kingdom of God is kind of established back in creation. That Christ makes everything and everything's right and good and you and I are right and good and everything is, is as it should be, growing into what it's supposed to be. The kingdom of God Christ was always going to be king. But things have snowballed and ruined and we have kingdoms of our own that are just vastly different than what God had imagined for creation from the very beginning. Truth, though. Well, I I got myself on a tangent there. Christ died for you? Yes. Christ died to return the world to make it into his kingdom again. We'll show this in a a couple minutes. But into a kingdom that is about wholeness. That's about peace and completeness. Uh, That's about love and faithfulness. Uh, That's not about all of the things that I think our kingdoms here on earth are about including our own. We don't call America a kingdom, but it's kind of, that language is appropriate for for us. Anyway. Pilate asks then, uh, what is truth? And after he had said this, he went out to the Jews again and told them, I find no case against him. Again, I would love to hear Jesus' inflection. Like, is is he truly seeking is he truly asking, like, what, what is truth? Is he truly trying to understand what Jesus is talking about, his kingdom that's not from this world? Uh, people are divided on, on this, and it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. I think in my heart, I want to believe that Pilate is truly trying to find the truth. That, that he, he wants to know what, 
you know, why, why Jesus would be so committed to this course of action? So much so that he's willing to end up dead. I think the truth that Jesus is talking about uh, it's the truth that the world is going to be returned to what it was. Uh, that the world is not going to continue on in its brokenness and its sadness and in, in the death and despair. But that Jesus comes to take his rightful place as king in creation here and now. And it, it builds a little slowly, right? It's already here in Jesus, but it's not quite yet. But the truth of this kingdom is that you and I, because, because we have been invited into faith in Christ, that we get to participate in what God is doing in the world. That when we proclaim that Christ is king, well, first of all, we have to proclaim that we're not, right? Uh, that we get to join with God in what he's doing in the world. I want to share two passages with you, actually. Um, that I think are important. One from the Old Testament, one from Isaiah, and then one from the New Testament. Um, and I think, I think it gives us a glimpse of what truth is, and what God's coming kingdom is, and what the kingdom of God should be, as opposed to what it is, what, what the world is now. Isaiah 25, um, that's verse 6. Uh, so this is before Jesus, right? On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wines of rich food with marrow and well-aged wines strained clear. Don't get hung up on that. And he will destroy on this mountain the shroud that is cast over all peoples and the sheet that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away all tears from all faces and the disgrace of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. I think that's the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is coming. Where the, the shroud of death that's all over everything, uh, the darkness that I think you can feel, right? Sometimes I think I can. That God's going to swallow up death forever. And all of the tears that we have cried, all of the tears that anybody has cried over all of time are going to be wiped away. And there will be wholeness and newness and peace. This is not just our hope for the future. If we claim to confess that Christ is king, this is what you and I work towards here and now. we can participate with God in, well, maybe we can't swallow up death forever, but we can go into deathly places and be a source of life and life. Uh, we may not be able to undo the cause of the tears that some people cry, but we can be there and sit with them and, and wipe them away. But the truth is that the kingdom of God, Christ is coming. The truth is one of wholeness and goodness and beauty. 
I missed a, I missed a slide here. Here we go. It will be said on that day, Lo, this is our God. We have waited for him so that he might save us. This is the Lord for whom we have waited. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Israel has this hope way back, way back. And there's the hope that Jesus brings. And then we, we'll jump ahead to Revelation, actually. Revelation 21. We're, we're going to look at that a little bit this year as well. Um, for all the doom and gloom that seems to be in that book, uh, this is, I think, the key. Uh, Revelation 21. Uh, and I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out, from he- uh, out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them as their God, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne, Christ, said, See, I am making all things new. Also, he said, Write these words, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said, It is done. Uh, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the, be- the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water of life, water of the springs of life. To those who conquer all things, will inherit these things, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. I think the picture is the same. The hope is the same. Uh, the hope is that Christ the King is coming to make all things new. The Christ the King is not coming to suck us away maybe to heaven, but he's coming to make his home among us. It's where his light and grace and beauty and truth and wholeness will make all things right again. If we confess that Christ is King, And this is the hope that we have, not just for eternity, but for here and now. And it's not just the hope that we have, it is the call which we have. That we are called to participate in God's kingdom and helping to bring about God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. So that we can sing with gusto Build your kingdom here. We talk a lot about loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. I think those participating in the kingdom of God and loving our neighbor as ourselves are the same thing. That as we find ways in the midst of our circles to wipe away tears and to provide comfort and amidst death and sickness, uh, that we are participating in the kingdom of God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we confess that we um, often don't understand your kingdom, that we're like the disciples. uh, We don't really get it most of the time. Lord, thank you for being faithful to us in those times where we, uh, 
um, where we just don't know. Where we're too caught up, like maybe Pilate was, in our understanding of how the world is and how the kingdoms of this world work that we fail to see um, what your kingdom is about. Or maybe we fail to believe that it's possible. Maybe we fail to believe that the little things that we might be able to do in service of your kingdom actually make any significant impact. Lord, today we confess that you are Christ the King. That you are the one that was and is and the one that will come to swallow up death forever, to wipe away all tears, to make all things new again. Lord, help us to help us have the strength and the courage and the vision to be able to see you as king and to participate with your work in this world to bring it back to what it was, wow, what it was created to be in the first place. We thank you for your love and your grace and your faithfulness. Help us to be faithful as well. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit heartlandnaz.org.